0: Welcome to House of
1: Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today.
0: So for most of you, Pat and Fred are no longer strangers. They are part of our family. And um, yeah, they're no longer stranger, just strange. (laughs) Just like the rest of us, that's right. You guys fit into our culture just fine. (laughs) So Pat's going to come and she's going to open up and she's going to share. And uh, so give her a warm, um, what's the word? Welcome. Let's give her an honoring, stand up, give her some love. Thank you. You guys are so awesome. We love you. We love you, love you, love you. Um, I'm going to do this as quickly as I can. I'm actually the intro. Okay, and so if it seems like, you know, we get lost in that, just know that it is the intro. But uh, Fred and I have had such a blast being here, and one of the coolest things to us about family is that we really do believe that anywhere people are gathered in his name, we already belong. And so when we step in, we feel like we step in in the flow, not missing a beat. We don't stand back and wait to belong we just know we do. So somebody literally has to say, uh, yeah, you don't belong yet, because otherwise we're just going to get in there and do it. And you guys have made that so very, very easy. I was thinking about all the different people, and a lot of them are behind the scenes that we wouldn't even know about. But Jeff and Deanne, man, thank you guys. It's such a pleasure to be with your family. You guys are awesome spiritual parents to this house. And just to see the family growing in the things that God is calling you into, the destiny and so forth, it really even... Just knowing you deeper and and more by being here twice now, now yeah, it truly is seamless between the two. There's so many things that are the same, even though it's expressed differently. How's that? But Chris and Larry, thank you for your home. Thank you that you have an open heart, open heart and hope, open home, no matter what's going on in your own life. And I just bless you that hearts will always be open to you all the days of your life, that you will know that the seeds you've sown are going to outlast you, that everywhere you go there will be seeds reproducing because of what you have sown in as parents who didn't need a title. We love you and we thank you very, very much. But to the children's workers, to the the sound people, to the media person who doesn't like me to hug him, to... uh, uh, And probably not even to be acknowledged, but um, to the to the greeters out there, you guys, seriously, you release what you carry, what you've already won. You're releasing, and so thank you for that. Intercessors, my heart beats for you, and I thank you that you are oftentimes the unseen boiler room, where people don't even realize what we are enjoying flows out of the seed someone else has sown in prayer through service, through whatever. But there are people all over the place, worshipers. I mean, worship team, thank you, wonderful, love, 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 taking us into his presence. But thank you for being worshipers. This happening up here without us entering in still goes thud. But thank you that we ram the gates of hell together. That we go through the gates of heaven together and that you guys have really been going after worship. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. I also want to thank the, the people that are, as you've come, you have said, I'm not going to be just a bump on the log sitting here. I'm going to ponder. I'm going to um, not make them have to prove they're worthy of listening to. I'm not going to be sitting there thinking about how you would have done it better. But rather that you put your whole heart into, God sent them, so there's truth. And I want to discover the truth he's bringing to us. That makes it, that puts a draw on us, a literal draw. Like I can be up here and I can feel different people engaging and it puts a draw on and it goes deeper into the well that God has put in us. And that is true for all speakers. But I have a couple things this morning as uh, I was going to share real quickly. I'm going to throw this out for whatever it's worth. I I have a column called Pat's Whatever It's Worth column, okay? Um, And it's just me that reads it. But (laughs) uh, I saw a picture this morning during worship, and it was a picture of leaders, like you were doing, leading us through songs, and that we are worshiping, and there's a sweet spot where you can feel we've gotten the heartbeat of God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That we've entered into that sweet space, that sweet spot. And that in that time, I know we're going to do this at home, so I'm just releasing it to you because I saw this picture. That at that point, when we're in that sweet spot, the gifts are flowing. We just need to learn to step into them. Because that's the place where the pool, the water is is going and stirring, and we need to step into it. If it's to cry out, God, I need healing, to go over to somebody and say, would you pray for me? I need healing right now. But I actually saw the worship team recognizing that when they hit that spot, there will be an invitation to go to someone right now. The waters are stirred. Go to someone right now and release whatever exhortation, encouragement, or comfort that God has in you, keeping it to those three. This morning, he sent us over to you. That was during that time. Felt like God said, do that. But I also, this morning, there was such a, an overwhelming sense, Fred and I were talking about it as we were getting ready this morning, that all that God has been doing, it always is going somewhere. He's going to do something with it. And it's for freedom, guys. It is for freedom. It's for freedom that Christ came. It's for freedom that he sends people. It's for freedom that he stirs us up. He has zero desire that we just get stirred up on an emotional high and walk away. That actually builds frustration because energy should be energy. Even tension has energy that's positive, like a bow and arrow, the tension, they ought to lead somewhere. And so I would just say that that freedom this morning, as we press in, we've been building towards that is still stirring. Do not go to sleep. Don't let any of that settle down inside you. Keep it stirred up. Stir yourself up in the Lord. But. At the end of the service, we really want to go after some specific things about family that we believe we're supposed to go after, and we believe there will be freedom there to where we will experience uh, uh, freedom in, in family and even in the revelation of family better. I want to encourage you as well in the worship to keep pressing after worshiping from who he is, not from who we are. So many times it's like I worship according to who I am. This morning, that worship wants to take us somewhere. It wants us to take us into his presence. When we get into his presence, we will worship as the angels are. We'll worship as he is. So learn to worship. Step up as a worshiper from who he is. He is full of passion and energy. He is full of life. He's full of connection and engaging us. So relationship is all through that as well. Um, those are just some notes from a little bit ago, and let me, I wanted to go back here a second for the actual inter, um, introduction to what is happening this morning, but I want to do this. On Friday night, we talked about the why of family. You remember that if you were here. Why, family? The number one thing I would tell you is because that's what's in heaven, and heaven is our best model. God's favorite name is Father. Vocabulary, his favorite vocabulary has to do with family. He invited us to into that, that union between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and say our Father who art in heaven. But likewise, Jesus modeled family even while he was apart from the Father, and okay, he modeled family. So we believe it's like we have to work harder not to be family than to be family. We would have to work hard to not believe that it's what God wants for us. And it is an assignment on the face of the earth for this season to bring God's glory. We talked about how each family is uniquely, is uniquely defined. Um, we talked about on Saturday morning, we talked about one the, the number one question you can ask and settle, and it is the first in anything you're considering. It doesn't matter what the topic. Very first question you need to ask is, who is God? But don't ask it without being open to, is there a lie I'm believing somewhere, or is there something more I need to learn about you? His going to his names, the definition of his names, one of the best places to go. But, the, but also 1 Corinthians, when that chapter about love is, just put God's name in there. It's telling me who God is. Okay? So, again, who God is. Then we, we talked last night about, so if that's who God is and he's not a man that he would lie, then who does he say I am? And who am I to him? Because you can tell, describe me to somebody in the limited time, although what you see is what you get, so you probably are right. But the, you can describe me to somebody, but that's different than telling them who I am to you, okay? So we want to listen to God and who are, and what is the number one name that God likes to call us by? What? Well, look, son and daughter. But we are beloved son and daughter. That's the adjective. The name is that we are his son and daughter if we're through Christ Jesus. So today, as Fred is going to um, go into a a different topic, what I want to bring to you is I I realize we get to this point and sometimes people are like, yeah, we've been talking all around the topic of family, but what is family? So I want to just share, I'm not going to preach a sermon on it, right, Lord, but But I want to, what I want to do is I want to share with you a list of things that I've discovered about family, and I'm not saying I'm the only one who's discovered this. This is just my journey. What is family? Each family is defined uniquely by their special sauce, but healthy family is who we enjoy coming home to, where we work and play together, and it actually gets to the point it's hard to tell the difference between those two. Because we're enjoying being together, even in work. It's who carries the same spiritual DNA and name. That's why we can go anywhere. Who shares the family business and the family assignment. It's been entrusted to us. Who watches out for us. Love protects. Family is who makes being together. We are family when we make being together a priority for healthiness' sake. Family knows. When you're family, you know that family is both gifted to you and it's created by you. There is a sermon in each of these, right? Family is who is for you, not against you. Family is who honors your journey and doesn't try to make their journey the same as yours. Family is who honors and values your uniqueness, and you honor their uniqueness, and that without those unique things, uh, we would all miss out on some of his glory. Family is who you entrust your heart to and who entrusts their heart to you. Family is who notices when we're missing and longs for our return. They even call to say, how long before you get home? Family is who remembers who we are when we forget. Wow. The prodigals are coming home. It's very important that we keep the light on, that we don't give their room away to somebody else, that they know there's always a space at the table for them. Family is where people know my deepest parts, and they love me there. They know the most intimate parts of me, the good, bad, the ugly, the snotty, and they love me there. They're not even trying to hurry me through it. Family is who are the ones who see in me my destiny and gifts and what I can't yet see, and they help me grow into my spiritual shoes. Family is who knows your past but believes in your future. Family is who invests in you and tells you truth that would heal and bring you further into your destiny when all that the others would offer is flattery or silence. Family is where you belong by birth, not by doing. Family is where I am stronger when we are together than when we're apart. Family is who thinks of me, is mindful of me, wants to share my burdens and joys, and I do the same for them. Family is who prays for me, not about me. Intercessors stand in the gap when we don't have faith for ourselves. That's what family does. Family, whoa, hang on a second, it went the wrong way. I apologize. Hmm. Hmm. Well, wow. yeah, really. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping I didn't just delete it. Mm. That's right, that's why you're sitting there quietly and I'm still looking. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I Be patient with me, okay? Thank you. And if you don't know what that is, that's how I talk spirit to spirit with God. It will return. Mm-hmm. The the thing I wanted you to know, and and if I find it, we may finish it. If not, it was already sewed into heaven because it came from heaven. What I want you to know is family is entrusted to us to go into the heavens, see what is in heaven, and bring it to earth. That's a process, not an event. You are absolutely right. Every one of those things. If you came to hope in Casper, Wyoming, do not expect to see perfection in those. That's our North Star. That's where we're going. That's what we're committed to. And that's what we will pay a price for. And I know one thing that family is. Family makes time and a priority to be together because without being together, we can't ever know each other by the heart. And family knows, commits to, and lives by what we see in each other's heart. It's a place of transparency and vulnerability. Today, Fred is going to talk about what it's like to be an orphanage, be, go from an orphanage to home. And our, in our encouragement to you is that you not listen for a sermon. Listen for truth uh-huh. that will expose the lies. Because every person here is still in the process of being healed from being a wandering, lost orphan. We have the name, and he has claimed us, but we're getting the orphan out of us. Come on up, Fred. Lord, we just bless Fred as he comes, Thank you. that your spirit will go through every word, and that in the middle of this, that in the middle of it, every one of us will have an opportunity and an encounter where you look us in the eyes, you speak to us, and you say, give me that so that you can live as a son or daughter. Amen,
1: amen. Amen. Wasn't that good? I married a beautiful woman. I married up. Some of the rest of you have married up as well. I've noticed that. (laughs) 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 That's good, you know. Yeah. One of our favorite uh, sayings is uh, expectation leads to invitation. So, you know, there's a wrong sense of expectation, which is expecting someone to do exactly what you want them to do because they are their own unique individual. They're listening to God as well and that kind of thing. So, an expectation they're going to say and do exactly what you want would not be a good expectation, but to not have an expectation for God to come and be who he is would be a mistake because we should expect him to be who he is, that he's good, that he's loving, that he's a healer, that most of all, he is an amazing father. That should be an expectation. And when we have that expectation rolling around on the inside of us, it becomes an invitation to him to come and release that and manifest that right here, right now. So in thinking about that, let me share with you that a lot of people believe if you share a testimony that that's being prideful. Let me just tell you that is 100% wrong. That is a lie from heaven. No. So, okay. Okay. So that was wrong right there. So i made my one mistake for today. Okay. So I only allowed one a day. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes I get a little more allowance than others, you know, but sorry about that. That's a lie from the pit of hell. How we go. Actually sharing a testimony is humbling yourself. A testimony is saying that I will humble myself. And share what God is doing. It's not being prideful. So when you put the two together. That uh, I have an expectation that leads to an invitation. That everywhere I go, every moment of the day. I have it not like right here in front of me. But here walking with me. Alongside me, and understanding that God may give me something to say or do at any moment at any time, and so that's just an awareness that is there and so uh, as usual, if you were here last night, you know I go to Starbucks a lot, uh, and uh, so last summer I was in Starbucks and I was meeting with someone from uh, our church Hope and uh, when we got through, I stood up and I, I saw where there'd been two, uh, young adults studying and, uh, what the guy had left in the gal was still there. And God very clearly just spoke into my heart. She's a medical student. And so I went over and the person that had been with me, I said, why don't you go with me? And I said, uh, do you mind if I ask you an unusual question? And, and interestingly, she said, okay. I said, are you a medical student? She said, yes. In fact, I'm studying for a test for tomorrow. I said, well, great. I feel like this may seem even stranger, but God wants me to tell you that you are cut out for the medical field, that you are well-equipped for it. You are designed for it. You're going to do well. And she said, I hope you're right, because if I don't pass this test in the morning, I'm out of the program. And I said, well, this is an amazing time. <clears throat> this must be an invitation for prayer. Would you mind if I prayed for you? And she said, yeah, go ahead. And so I, I prayed for her and she said, hey, I, I'll look forward to seeing you again soon because I'm in here all the time. Well, uh, I said, great, I want to hear what happened. And I knew in my heart, my prayer was not only would she pass that test and stay in the medical field, but she'd become born again and know the amazing Papa that I get to serve every day. And so I I was, every time I go into Starbucks, I would look for her, but she wasn't there. It wasn't until October I go in. When I go in, she is standing up at the counter. I, in fact, I don't even recognize her, but I see someone watching me as I come in. I get up close, and I, she says, are you Fred? And I said, yes. And she said, well, I'm still in the program. And, you know, the interesting thing is, three weeks ago, I'm up at the hospital, and I'm in the ICU, visiting someone who'd had a stroke. And I see someone walking down the hallway. It's a pretty big hospital. So it's, it's a good distance. And they look somewhat familiar. And I'm thinking. I wonder who that is. That night. I had never heard anything from her. Other than seeing her in Starbucks. Those two times. I had someone message me. And they just said. Were you at the hospital today? And I said yes. And I said. Is this Alyssa? And she sent back yes. And I'm just about through with the program. And I thought that was you. And those words you gave me changed my life. Man, that's what we do as sons and daughters. Jesus came to be a manifestation of who the father is. We are to be a living chapter and book and example of who the father is. Releasing his love everywhere we go. Man, that is an expectation that leads to an invitation all the time. Uh, What is your name, sir? Dwayne? Dwayne, when I saw you come in, God said there is a strong man right there. That he is a strong man, not only on the outside, but on the inside. And I feel like he is saying to you that, that your strength, he is developing into a with, with a tenderness and a kindness too. That people may be drawn to the fact that you're strong and you know what to do and, and, and you know what to say at times, but they're going to be attracted to you because they can see that you are a man that knows how to love other people and is not afraid to let people know that you love them. And I just believe that God is developing you that as a a warrior, as a man full of strength, that will bring attention to how great and mighty God is. And so I, I just want to bless you in the name of Jesus. Do you receive that? Okay, awesome, good. God bless you. Let's give him a hand. Would you do that? And, and uh, this woman next to Brian, yes. Uh, what is your name? Heather. So when I saw you sit down, I heard the Lord say, I'm releasing joy into her life. The, and I, I don't know if there's been any reason to need an infusion of joy. You don't need anything to have gone on to need it, you know. But I I know and I've seen this not just today, but that God is releasing joy because it's going just like strength attracts people. Joy attracts people and people are going to be attracted to you because you carry joy because you understand that that the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace and joy. And that when people see you, they're going to say, I want to hear what she has to say because it is going to be clothed in joy. It's not going to come in. I'm angry or or that I have something that I need to get out of this, but that they see the joy in you and it's going to well up and it's going to be flowing out. And and you're going to find yourself waking up in the morning laughing and you're not going crazy. You're just you know, you're just being filled with joy. And when people are talking to you, you may even start laughing and you have to tell them, I'm not laughing at you, but I'm laughing because of what God's doing on the inside of me, because you are a wellspring of joy, I believe God says. So we just bless you in the name of Jesus. Okay, so we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to go from the orphanage to the family that when you walk in the doors of this amazing place, that you're walking into family. So often when you walk in a in a church facility, it's like walking in an orphanage that all the orphans are walking around. And war, orphans produce orphans. Sons and daughters produce other sons and daughters. That... In fact, sons and daughters have a totally different perspective. And so I'm going to share some things that this is how an orphan acts versus how a son or daughter would act or respond. And so please don't put more emphasis on the orphan nature, put more on the sons and daughter nature. But I want to explain it so that you can see it and you can evaluate am i more am i acting more like an orphan or more like a son and daughter cuz you can be right in the middle of a family if you want to put this in the natural sense that that there could be someone who they lost their mother or father or they were given up for adoption and and they were an orphan and they're in a home and a real family where they are loved but they're still responding and believing themselves to be an orphan. And so they don't get to live in the inheritance and the joy that they truly have. And so we have to wake up and see what God has provided and released to us. Or we have it, but we don't get to experience it. It is so interesting that, that often what we're trying to do is be something or get something we already are. You're already a son or daughter. You already have inheritance. You already are loved. So if you're walking around trying to get God to love you when he already loves you, you're not going to find much fruit in that because you already are that. You already have that. So you don't want to keep running here and there trying to be what you already are. Begin to relax and to begin to enjoy it. Pat was sharing some of the practical things about what a family looks like. I mean, it's like when, when I come home, people are glad to see me. Not just our dog. You know, family is a place where you walk in. And it's like, wow, people want to know what's going on with you. They celebrate with you. They weep with you. We enjoy each other. You even laugh at my jokes. You should at least anyway, but. Okay, maybe not. So the scripture says. John 1 So that we just continue to get the scripture in us. John 1, 12. John's my favorite book of the Bible, by the way. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. He gave them the authority to become children of God. You have the authority to be a child of God. You're not usurping authority. You're not taking it, you're receiving it. Do you know the difference? You don't, it, it's not I have to take it. I have to grasp. An orphan is grasping for everything. I, I better get in there and get my piece of the pie. Because if I don't get in there and get it. Someone else is going to get my piece of pie. Because nobody else cares about me. So I better grasp it. But you see a son or daughter. They receive it because they know they have the authority to receive it. Because that's what the father has for them. Then in Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, I'm not going to read all of that, but you can check it out. For this reason, Paul says, I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So if you want to know who's your daddy, who's your daddy? You have a father in heaven who is your daddy. There's no doubt. That is Ephesians 3, 14. And that is from uh, the New King James Version. So, the church was never intended to be an institution, nor did I, I, personally, my belief is Jesus never intended to create religion. He came to manifest the Father and draw people to the Father. That it was to be family all along. We're the ones that came up with the idea, the great idea, you know, often we do is like, you know, the saying that, you know, God made us in his image. Now we're doing him the favor of trying to make him in our image. And, you know, and that we're trying to do that with the church as well, with with the the body of Christ, that, that we're to be family to each other. So it's not like, Hey, welcome to the institution. As you come in, you know, the greeters, you know, you can begin to say, uh, welcome to the institution, welcome to religion. Wouldn't that make you feel happy? You know, uh, it wouldn't me. I turn around and go the other way. I don't want to be there. So here's another thing about family. This is found, um, it is found somewhere. 1 Corinthians four, 14 This is Apostle Paul again saying, I do not write these things. First Corinthians 414. I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord. And his family. When we can see something in front of us that is from God, And we allow past experiences and hurts to keep us from it. We're not hurting anybody else but ourselves. Have you ever gotten angry with someone and it grew into maybe some bitterness or unforgiveness? And yet you hear them saying something that is so truthful and so amazing, but you don't want to believe it because it's coming from them. You know, sometimes God uses people that we don't like to share things with us that we really need. And it would only be a fool who wouldn't receive it. And what it does is it says, I've been holding on to some hurts and things and problems and things that have been going on for maybe years. And I need to let go of those because they're keeping me from the truth. They're keeping me from what I need. That when we let lies get in the way what happens is we begin to have love deficits and what we really need is left from getting to us okay so let's compare the difference between some sons and daughters okay let me define though a spiritual orphan so a natural orphan was put in an orphanage for whatever reason it may be and uh, an orphan has no home they have no family, and often they're not even sure of who their parents are. They were abandoned. That's in the natural, but there's a lot, a lot of correlation between that and a spiritual orphan. Uh, a spiritual orphan, I would define it this way. An orphan spirit is a spiritual condition in which some Christians profess outwardly to know God as father, but experience an internal Contradiction to that belief. They deep down struggle to comprehend that God loves me. You know, we're really good, uh, you know, in in the church that we know the right answer. Right. You know, you're in Sunday school, you know, the right answer is always Jesus. Right. You guys know the story, right? About the. School teacher, I mean, the Sunday school teacher saying, children, what has a bushy tail? Well, what collects nuts for in the winter and stores them? And it climbs trees and and, you know, the kids are saying, we know the answer is Jesus. Because the answer is always Jesus. But it sounds a whole lot like a squirrel. You know. And uh, that's how we get, you know, is that, that, uh, I should say, yes, the father loves me. Hallelujah. You know, uh, Oh, you know, and get all, maybe get a tear or two, but there's an internal contradiction that says, well, my father wasn't very loving and was never there. I don't know that I even want a father or I've done so much. There's no way that the father could really love me. And this is all pie in the sky. So that's a spiritual orphan that is allowing their own experience or lack of experience to keep them from the truth. What is important? You don't lower the word of God to meet your expectation. You raise the level of your expectation to meet what the truth says. And if you desire to walk in a relationship as a son and daughter, his arms are wide open and he says, come on home. Even if you are a born again, Christian, but you've been living as an orphan, it's time to come home. I'm not saying you, you you're not born again. And you, if you died right now you, that you wouldn't go to heaven, but you're going to be wondering all the way there. Even if that's like one second, you know, am I going to get in? You know, so it's like we gotta get beyond that. Okay. So I wanna read if you anybody have your Bible with you. Uh we're gonna look at Galatians five, twenty four through twenty six from the Passion Translation. From uh the Passion Translation. It's an amazing thing. I, I really appreciate the good job that, that Brian did on it. So so Galatians five twenty four through twenty six. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the Anointed One, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. Now get this: this is going right after right now. Okay, we have now chosen to live in the surrendered. Freedom of yielding the to the Holy Spirit. Now that's a good word. We have now chosen to live in the surrendered freedom of yielding to the Holy Spirit. So may we never be found dishonoring one another. Or comparing ourselves to each other. For each of us is an original. We have forsaken all jealousy. That diminishes the value of. Of others. Now th- there's family right there for you. H- how do you do it? There it is right there. So. An orphan has a strong need to compete with everyone. I've got to be better than you. Because if I don't do more than you do. I will not belong. That's what an orphan is like. I've got to know, know more about the word. Our, our uh, son-in-law who has. Uh, and, and daughter on staff with us at hope. And a couple years ago, he had, he was talking to someone on the phone from out in the community and that we, we didn't know the guy. And he proceeded to tell Brad that he knows more about God's word than any pastor in town. And I'm a, why would anybody think they had a need to say that? That's what an orphan would do. I need you to know I'm better than you. That's an orphan. A son and daughter are secure in their identity. They, they can come in low and be fine with it because they don't need to be better than you because they already know who they are. You're trying to figure out who you are and need other people to applaud it. That's what an orphan is. A family needs to be a place where we're not uh, we're not lifting up jealousies. And, and they got to do this. And they got to lead worship. And they're on this leadership team. And they got to go on this meeting. And... All of this thing. And they got to pray for this person. Why isn't it me? That, that's an orphan nature. We want to be in a family where, where we are applauding what God is doing in other people. We celebrate every person. That's what a family is. Uh, a second thing that an orphan is they're needing and seeking attention. They don't easily feel accepted or secure. And so they better prove their worth, though, not just once, but over and over again. A third thing an orphan does is they take satisfaction in others' failures and weaknesses. If you come in and say, hey, I was in a wreck last week and my car got all bunged up. They would say, oh, I'm sorry, brother, that that happened. But inwardly, they might be saying, well, you were probably in sin and that's what happened. Or, you know, that that, uh, you know, that. Uh, I uh, was in school and, and uh, I uh, got all A's and, and you're excited and you're sharing the, or you're sharing a testimony about someone getting healed. They're going to amen it, but on the inside, they're jealous. An orphan takes satisfaction in other purpose, people's weaknesses and failures. They have to have the attention because they don't feel secure in their father's arms and in relationship with him. Sons and daughters embrace both strengths and weaknesses. They believe they have a secure relationship with their father and can be real about who they are and about areas of growth on the inside of them that they can easily say, you know, hey, uh, this area in my life, I, I need to bring it up. Uh, I want to see my prayer life go to the next level that is not what it used to be or it's not what it's ever supposed to have been. And would you tell me a little bit about what you're doing? Because I also believe that's a part of what family is about is that you don't just ask uh the person up front speaking what they're doing, but, but it may be that your neighbor sitting next to you this morning has some good ideas about how to have a much better prayer life than almost anybody else in the room. And so we're honoring them by doing that, but we're also saying that this is a family effort, that, that every person has strengths and weakness, that every person has areas of growth and areas where they need to grow, And we're not afraid to talk about that. That you don't have to be perfected in every area of your life. And have a strength in every area of your life. For you to be accepted. You already belong. In God's family when you walk in the door and say I want to be here. You already belong. You don't have to do something to belong. We belong. Then we begin to behave. We don't come in and. We wait till someone behaves just exactly like they, we want them to. And then we say, now you belong. Now you got it. Now because you don't do that anymore, we like you. I mean, that shifts something. Because it says, I can really be who I am. Because if we're really faking who we are, we've not grown. We still have all of those issues and problems. We've just covered them up. You know, Jesus called the Pharisees whitewashed sepulchers. It means there was a lot of death and ugly on the inside of them, but they'd whitewashed themselves. So you didn't see it, but it was still there. So uh, sons and daughters, hey, I, I, I need to grow in this area. And I'm okay with you seeing it. So here's something else. An orphan strongly is strongly Independent. They say, I don't need anybody. Well, we might agree with you in one sense. I don't need anybody to be a Christian. I have my own walk with the Lord. But it's an interesting thing. Does the father need anybody? No, but he desires everybody. Do I need anyone else to make me a Christian? No. But I don't believe I grow and mature apart from relationship. So in that sense, I desire relationship with you because I want to grow because you have something that I need that will help me grow. And so I want to go after that. That, I, you know, that, that thing of being independent to the point that, that you think that you don't need anybody, that's not true. I'm not talking about you being saved. I'm talking about you growing and becoming the person you were created to be. You see, the father doesn't need anybody to be God. He's God with you or without you. Correct? He's not going to be more God if you become born again. Right? He's still going to be God. However, he has chosen to say, I'm going to work through people like you and I. And partner with people like you and I to touch people all over this world, all over this city. That this city will be changed by people like I'm looking at right now. Who know that they are sons and daughters. Who they know that they have a father that loves them. Who wants to release a manifestation of his presence in this city. That will shift the entire city. And he is there ready to do that. Are you ready? If you're ready, that becomes an invitation for him to use you to connect with other people that will bring change in their lives. I want to share one other scripture here, and I, I uh, got past it, but is it okay if I go back to it? So that'd be my second mistake, so I'm sorry. But I, I can admit my mistake, okay? All right, just joking, Okay, so this is Galatians 6. My beloved friends, if you see a believer who is overtaken with a fault and has fallen from the place of victory, may the one who overflows with the spirit seek to restore him to fellowship with the anointed one. Win him over with gentle words, which will open his heart to you and will keep you from exalting yourself over him. Love empowers us to fulfill the law of the anointed one as we carry each other's troubles. If you think you are too important to stoop down to help another, you are living in deception. So let me ask you a question, my beloved friends. When you are the believer... I said, when you are the believer who has been overtaken by a fault and has fallen from the place of victory, who do you want to come alongside you? A son or a daughter or an orphan? Because when an orphan comes, they may even exult in your failure. Because they were jealous of what was going on in your life and the anointing you were walking in. And now you're having a problem. Oh, yeah, let me go talk to them. Well, I'd rather have a son or daughter that's secure that they don't need to prove anything by what they, how they minister to me. But they come simply because the Lord told them to come and they come in love. I mean, that's practical unless you're thinking that you'll never have a fault or a mistake or never be, need to be confronted on something. You know, confrontation is not meant to be a negative thing. Confrontation doesn't mean that, that one person is all right and the other person is all wrong. It means there's something going on that, that isn't what family is about. It's not exalting of the Lord and that we want to see what needs to be done So that that God can be glorified in that. And so we can continue to mature. Because we're not going to mature just by hearing teaching. We're going to mature. As Pat was saying. You know the fruit of the spirit is not tested. Apart from family and relationship and community. That how do you know that you're kind. Or you're loving or whatever. If you're in a corner by yourself all the time. But when you get in family you see. You know, do I need to work on that kindness factor? Did I need to work on the goodness of God at work in my life? That's how you do it. So we want to, we want to represent, uh, we don't want to be an orphanage. We want to be a family. When people come in the door that they experience people loving well, and that's what they're doing when they come in the, these doors, I know that. So. Uh, Here's another thing an orphan is they isolate either physically or emotionally. And the reason they isolate is they're thinking, I might get rejected if I try to build relationship. So Pat does an amazing two-part message on rejection. Uh, You can check that out. Uh, But one of the things about rejection We all know about rejection. Why? Because we have all been rejected. If you haven't been rejected, you've just been asleep. Because, you know, in fact, I'm not for sure that we're not rejected almost every day in some way. You know, that there, you know, so we know about rejection. But when we allow the we allow the people rejecting us to determine how we're going to live and be family. We've got to break through that barrier. That if you're isolating, if you're, uh, whether that's emotionally or physically, and, and nobody can get near you, the, that, that's not family. That, that's being an orphan. That's like an orphanage, not like a family. A family doesn't run away from problems. They deal with problems. They're, they're not trying to run people off. They're trying to see people get connected so that they can deal with those things that have been going on for years. That's why there are people that go from church to church to church to church. And, and it's always about those people, those people. Well, there comes a point where you have to take in a level of accountability and say, maybe the only common denominator in all this is me. And that I'm isolating and I'm running because when someone says, hey, you know, that's, man, that is not kind at all. That, that's not loving at all. You hit the door. Because nobody's going to tell you what to do. You see, how much of the word of God you know isn't the definition of maturity? And if you haven't realized that, you've not been reading the Bible. Because it makes it very clear. The definition of maturity is how you love. It's how you love. That is the sign of maturity. I love the word of God, but loving is living out the word of God, manifesting it. That's what family does. An orphan is unsure of their place in the family. To belong is a dream of theirs, but they never seem to belong. So, you know, I wonder how many people this morning feel like they truly belong. Well, let me tell you that belonging starts with you. Belonging happens because of what you do, not what other people do. You see, when we come in the door, yes, there should be a welcoming. Yes, we should love well. But when you have these walls up around you and people have to, to fit your requirements and, and they have to do exactly what you want. And, you know, and, and Jeff was, uh, uh, talking over here and speaking and saying some things and you came in the door and he didn't say hello to you this morning. He said, well, I knew I didn't belong. I knew they didn't like me, you know, I, and that it sounds funny, but people do it all the time. And we get, get this sense. Do we not know that we have an enemy that wants you to not feel like you belong? I mean, I mean just common sense, okay? Can we just be real and be, have a common sense nature about us? That the enemy does not want you to feel like you belong. Therefore, he will help you to see, have a perspective that says, I don't belong, well, an orphan buys into that. I knew all along they wouldn't receive me. They wouldn't accept me. I better run out the door before I get rejected again. And so I go to the next church, and it happens again, and it happens again, and happens again. Now, it's obviously there are some things going on in some places that are not good. So I'm not saying that is the only answer or the only thing we're talking about. But this is real. We go from place to place, and people go from place to place because they're looking for a perfect place. But what I said Friday night, the problem with it, if you find a perfect place and you go there, it won't be perfect anymore. Right? Because you're not perfect. But the perfect one does live on the inside of you. And he's trying to mature you to be more like him. So we're unsure of our place. That's not good because Ephesians 1 5 says. Our father's invitation is one of welcome embrace. I love that. Our father's invitation is one of welcome embrace to a place of belonging in his family. And he says it like this. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children. Did you know that you are his delightful children? You guys are just such a delight. Come on now. Would you everybody say I'm a delight. I'm a delightful uh, child, yes. I'm working on my English still, so. That's my second language. I don't have a first one yet, you know. Yeah, you're a delightful child. That's why God says, I I had in my mind to adopt you all along. This wasn't a last-minute decision. I had it in my mind all along to adopt you as delightful children. You have to decide that's true. Therefore, I belong. Other people may reject me, but he accepted me. I might feel in some situations like I don't belong, but how much of that is about me, not just about them? So. Number seven, I wasn't counting them as we went along, but this is number seven, so. Just so that, you know, you think this is number seven. What are you talking about? Okay. 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 I'm on my own. I can't make up for the mistakes of everybody, but you know, <laughs> okay. All joking aside, you know, no one else is looking out for me. So I need to protect myself and my position. So I overly protect my ministry areas because position defines who I am. Okay. Galatians 1, 15 and 16, but then something happened. I always like a phrase like that, but then something happened. You know, I was on my way, but then something happened, you know? God called me by his grace and in love he chose me from my birth to be his. God's grace unveiled his son in me so that I would proclaim the message of sonship to the non-Jewish people of the world. So Paul said, I'm out releasing a message of sonship all over the known world. So. You don't have to be afraid of titles, but they don't define you. Titles are necessary in, some, in a lot of situations. I'm not raising a doctor to God level when I go and say, hey, doctor, how you doing? Hey, pastor, what's going on? But I'm not defining someone's identity or lack of it by using a title. I shouldn't be afraid of it. And I shouldn't value it above what it is. There are people afraid to say anything other than "Hey, brother, how you doing?" Because if I say "Hey, man, you are an amazing evangelist," whoa, that's a title. Well, that's declaring something that the Bible says is is a way to uh, acknowledge someone. That when someone is truly walking as a prophet. To not call them a prophet is to not honor them. To call it like it is, but if you value your title, your position, more than the fact that you're simply a son or daughter. Because there isn't anything, the highest title, is that okay? Highest title, you okay with me saying that? Is as a son or daughter. Sonship and daughtership, are the biggest ships. Biggest ship, S-H-I-P, S-H-I-P. Thank you, pastor. <laughs> so I, I hope you I hope get that. Okay. Yeah, clarification. The last one is a mistrust of others. A feeling that at any moment, if you mess up, you're going to get punished. A son or daughter walk in great grace and can extend grace to other people. Because we're not going to all be right all the time. We can extend great grace. Pat's going to come up and close out the message this morning. Yes.
0: So, God allowed me to recover what was lost, and it could not be more perfect timing. So, family. Family is, to me, love fleshed out to me. 1 Corinthians 13. I want you to hear this. And we're going to substitute, it's a definition of God, and God is love, right? So instead of love is a godly family, we're going to say family is. We're talking about healthy kingdom family is large and incredibly patient to me. Healthy family is gentle and consistently kind to me. It refuses to be jealous of me when blessing comes to me. Healthy family does not brag about its achievements nor inflate its own appearance. Healthy family does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Healthy family is not easily irritated with me or quick to take offense at me. Healthy family joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Healthy family... Is A safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for me. Healthy family never takes up, felt takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. Healthy family never stops being loved to me. So I want you to hear this is the last thing that I feel like God had me right this morning, and it's what I was concerned was gone, and it was specifically how I heard it. Healthy family is it where everyone who comes into the house should experience his endless, relentless, agape love, and those who stay will be changed by his fleshed-out love, unconditional love, for the rest of their lives. Would you stand with me, please? Could we all just together say, I'm still in process, I'm still in process, Could we all say, he's still getting the orphan out of me? And love is what it takes. Because there is no fear in perfect love. Mm. We're all in the same boat. Okay, don't have to repeat anymore. Let's go after this in prayer. I want you just to be really quiet for a minute. Bow your heads if you would. Boy, there's even belonging and knowing that we've, we've got common ground here. No one's above the other. No one's above the other. Just ask Holy Spirit to show you through what we've shared today where there is still a little bit of owie that happens when somebody gets near an orphanage part of you or an orphan part of you. Ask him to identify that, and we're going to take just a minute for him to do that. Okay, the very first thing I want to do after you've heard that is I want to give opportunity for anyone who has not yet received Jesus to say, I want to belong in that family through Jesus. And I'm going to ask you very quickly, if you would, just put your hand up. If that's you, put it up, put it back down, because I want to know who we're praying for here. Thank you. Thank you. I believe that. I believe that. Anyone else? Very quickly. On the count of five, one... Two, three, anyone else? Four, thank you. I see that. Bless you. Bless you. Five, welcome to the family because that's what it takes. It says, I desire, I choose you, God, because you first chose me. I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. I'm going to ask everyone to pray this, but we are joining with the three who raised their hands. Okay? Jesus, thank you. That your, love drew me to you. that your love drew me to you. That I can't earn your love, I earn your love. but I can receive your love. I, can. I your love. I was made for your love. I was made for your love. Mm-hmm. And I am thankful that I get to invite you into my heart to be my heavenly father. And I get to join your family. And no one can take that away. Even the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is my part. Jesus, thank you that you did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Oh, thank you, Lord, that we get to just breathe out and release all of the pressure and breathe in your breath of belonging and forgiveness, peace and joy. Lord, that as we receive all of who you say we already are, one for us, for what Jesus did on the cross, your son, what our, our brother did for us, that we get to become your family on the face of the earth, in a grand adventure of what it means to discover all of our inheritance to us as sons and daughters. And as we become, we begin to multiply, to bring forth, to tell the good news to other orphans that there really is a home, that we really do have a father, and he is good. He is the definition of love. He is the definition of goodness. And he calls us every one to Him, that He will never leave us or forsake us, and that even when we can't understand Him, we can know that He loves us, believes in us, receives us, and He is returning for us. In Jesus' name, we believe. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of
1: the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.